0: Welcome to Submerge the Podcast. I'm your host, Leia Leone. Join me as I sit down with kinky people from kinky communities and share kinky stories. We will submerge ourselves into BDSM culture, covering trends, experiences, education, and more. We'll talk with every side of the slash from newcomers to leaders to everyone in between. Follow us on Instagram at sub.mergelife for updates and info. Now strap yourself in or strap someone else in and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Submerge the Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Leone. And today I am joined by a very unique individual who um, not only loves BDSM and kink, but decided to make a movie about it. And we're not talking one of those shitty films. Y'all know what I'm referencing. But I have a feeling this is going to be a lot more authentic, a lot more uh, real, and a lot more relatable to actual kinksters. Please welcome Bueller to the show. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Leah.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, I want to get into the nitty-gritty of your new movie. But first, I feel like we should introduce you a little bit to the audience, and I want you to tell everybody how you identify and how long you've been kinky for or known you were kinky for.
1: Those are two big questions. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) We like to dive Um, in.
1: I I am gender fluid as far as, like, identity, but I feel like what you're asking for more specifically is, like, my role, and I am on the right side of the slash on everything okay. i am a bottom pet slave submissive all of the things nice. the only time that i go to the left side of the slash is to service top but the main way that i the the main way that i describe my identity there is that i'm a slave because submission service obedience are just a part of who i am They're a part of my identity. They're where I feel most fulfilled. And frankly, they're a big part of my values. I really value love and joy and peace and submitting to people and making their lives better is the fullest expression of my core values. Nice. In a sense, slavery is my best self.
0: Nice. Oh, that's a good way to put it. I love that. Okay, cool. Well, thank you. When did you discover this about yourself?
1: Oh, right. That was the other question. Oh, gosh. Um, I have been banging on the outside of that cylinder for most of my life. Okay. Like, especially in some of my kinks, those things start when you're a kid. Right. And I don't really want to be talking about kink and minors, so I'm not going to go into that anymore. <laughs> but, like, the entertainment that we watch as children definitely shapes us And a lot of children's media creators back then were very kinky in ways that none of us understood. Yes, I would agree with that. (laughs) But more specifically, I started getting into the kink community about five years ago. And five, six, seven years ago is about when I started actually starting to embrace it. And then around a year or two ago, I was like, you know what? I'm done fighting it. I am done wrestling with it. I'm going to actually enjoy myself and I'm going to actually dive into what I love and found really good friends and really good parts of myself in the process.
0: Ah, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, where you're located, did you what did you do first? Did you find like an online community or did you find a munch to go to? What type of what type of first avenue did you take?
1: I mean, I started online for like a couple years. And then eventually somebody told me that fat life exists. And I'm like, whoa, you mean I can meet people like me in real life? Yeah. <laughs> whoa! <laughs> and I went to a couple munches and then kept going to munches and started building friendships and started occasionally going to the play parties.
0: Nice. Nice. Do you have any fun stories about like the first couple play parties you ever went to?
1: not particularly. I I I wish I could have a fun story to tell you about that, but yeah. like not really. There's just nothing interesting to say there.
0: Really? Okay. So that's good kind of because that means probably nothing bad happened.
1: <laughs> I definitely hope nothing bad happened.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, some people's experience is, oh, yeah, the first time I went to a play party, it was terrible. And this happened and that happened and this happened. And so it's good. Like maybe no news is good news. Maybe just neutral is the best way to have a first experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Let's go with that. Yes. I like it. (laughs) All right. I want to get into uh, you. You reached out and you told me about this project you're working on. And I'm really excited about it because, one, there are not a lot of kink positive movies, um, things. And I mean kink positive in the way that it truly depicts how safe, sane, consensual kink happens in our communities and in, in our lives. And we have a lot of bad examples about that in the mainstream media but you have come up with an idea for a movie that is actually not only about kink, but you have, you've employed like actual kinksters who are actually experienced in some of these things to be in your movie. Can you tell everybody, give us like the elevator speech of this movie and what it is all about?
1: Red and Black is a classy, sexy, fun, glamour heist in the tradition of Ocean's Eleven, Leverage, and Now You See Me. Hmm. It is about a tight-knit crew of the best in the world pulling off the heist of the century steal a long-lost set of jewels from a casino one of the only six star hotels in the world this is basically just the heistiest heist movie to ever heist movie okay and two pages in i was just brainstorming and rambling about the about the fact that this would be relatively easy to film and pitching a couple, of scene, a couple of specific scenes like, okay, so I want to have this femme fatale character who's straight out of a 1940s noir movie where people unironically say the word dame, and I was pitching, okay, so we're going to have her stride into a room, backlit in silhouette, sit down in a chair, cross her legs, pour herself a martini, and stare straight into the camera as we freeze frame, punch in on her, and we get her name what's her name? Rouge. And mm. then we're Got a flashback to her. I don't know, in a dungeon, setting up for a scene, and I'm pitching this to, like one of my kink friends, right? And talk about this rhythmic montage of like she's going to open a uh, open a bottle of lube and uh, snap a cord of rope, and I can't remember off strike a match and all the and like eight different things in this very tight rhythm, and then right at the end of the scene we're going to see her pull a wallet out of an empty pair of pants Ooh. and see, okay, she is doing this just because it's fun. She could have pickpocked it easily, but no, she wanted to have fun doing it.
0: That's great. And
1: immediately like, okay, that is how this character works. I, this is going to be a femme fatale who specializes in BDSM, but the kink is going to progress the heist in different ways. Things like a wax play scene to lift the Mark's fingerprints so that they can bypass the biometric scanner or things like, mm-hmm. um, a, a bondage scene to distract a guard or a shoe worship scene to capture saliva to bypass the second biometric scanner or an impact scene to plant a bug. And then the, the the problem came, I need to make sure that this girl doesn't look manipulative because that could very easily look like it's gonna create a lot of trust issues yeah. for a lot of bottoms. And so that's been a very tight rope to walk to show her having fun and and her partner having fun to an extent that it's all that you can almost forgive her kind of taking advantage of their trust. That's been a hard part to, that's been a hard part to work with recently. Yeah. And so a lot of it has, been, uh, we hired an intimacy coordinator who has experience in, uh, in filming kink scenes. I've been in the community and doing kinky stuff for like five years now. We have experienced kinksters on both sides of the camera. And when it's not my kink, I go to my friends who are like experts in these kinks and I'm like, okay, We're doing such and such scene. What shots do you want to see? What moments do you want to see?
0: I love it. It's very intriguing. I like the mix between like detective work and kink and science in there. I like how you kind of flow it all together.
1: Oh, thank you. It's, this has been so much fun.
0: How long have you been working on this project?
1: It's been my baby all all year. Like it started probably January, 2023. Okay. With just, like, a list of shots that I thought would be fun to film. Like, filming a roulette table spinning and fade from that to a car wheel spinning. That would be really fun to film. Or the femme fatale putting on the long white gloves. And then I was like, okay, so we need to have a femme fatale. What is she doing? And just built a plot around cool shots.
0: Yeah. That's fun. That's totally fun. So, okay, so have you gone to school for... um for movies and production
1: i haven't okay our director of photography has and a couple of our actors have okay instead i told myself i'm going to go create a short film every week for a year and i'm gonna go be on set every week for a year on somebody else's set and network there and learn how you make movies there and that was honestly more useful than film school could have been I imagine,
0: yeah, I imagine that could be, I, I, I know for me personally, I learn better through osmosis. Like I just want to watch, I want to observe and I want to take away what I need to take away from it. Would you say it's kind of the same thing?
1: Yes. And when you're a grip on set, your key grip is going to be telling you, here's how I want you to do it. Okay. And so it's very hands on one to one training, especially if you tell them in advance, like, hey, this is like my third time gripping. Can you please give me some pointers?
0: Yeah, that's fun. So basically, you just got like a bunch of advice from people who are already in the business.
1: Pretty much.
0: That's awesome. That's like the best way to learn. Have the professionals teach you. Exactly. (laughs) That's great.
1: And that way I wasn't. I wasn't learning from people who will be in the business, but aren't yet like the film students. I wasn't learning from people who used to be in the business, but aren't anymore like the film teachers. It's learning from the people who are in the business literally today doing cool stuff.
0: Right, right. They're in it. They're, they're actually living it right now. Uh, that's, that's really cool. Okay. So you've got a bunch of friends that are going to be in this movie that, you know, um, Tell me how that came about. Were people volunteering? Did you have to beg? Did you have to convince people? Or were people like, "Uh, I'd totally do that?
1: So because I made like 50 short films in a year, I, you know, spent a lot of time around filmmakers and actors. Yeah. And after a while, I was able to just call people up and be like, hey, I'm doing a heist movie. Do you want to do it? And they're like, you're doing a heist movie? That's awesome. I want to be involved. (laughs) Like... As soon as I say, I'm making a heist movie, people are basically in or they're out. Right, then, Right. Because for most of the people involved in this movie, that's all they needed to know. Because these things are awesome and everybody wants to do one. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's fun.
1: Like, people don't actually do them that. This is, like, literally the first heist movie I've heard of happening here. Okay. You'd think that if everybody wants to do them, they would have been doing them okay but maybe i just happen to find the heist fans because i'm a massive heist fan
0: there you you go yeah you just you started the the whole following right there
1: (laughs) you'd be surprised how true that is (laughs) it's not easy to find like a community of fans of this genre you'd think it'd be easier but there is no subreddit for heist movies there's no facebook group for it really the um the hashtag heist talk on tiktok has like fifteen thousand views not 15 million or 5 billion um the hashtag heist has like 500 million so that's that's a little better on tumblr the the hashtag is not very is not very used like this is everybody likes these movies but there's not really a community of fans Right. And so I made the subreddit and the Facebook group and started up the hashtag. and not many people have joined because again, it's hard to find a community and build a community of fans of this genre.
0: Right. right. Well, I'm sure it'll catch on. I think with this uh, with the kink subtext, it'll be a, it'll be a winner for most.
1: that's that's part of the hope is that the kink can make the heist look sexier.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Like, the the movie itself is sexy. It's not just the kink scenes. I, I told the director of photography, I want you to film everything like it's very niche fetish content.
0: Okay. Like,
1: we're filming a poker scene. I want you to film this poker scene for people with a poker kink.
0: Ooh. Oh, I like that. I like that premise.
1: Or like... There's this amazing shot in one of the Kingsman movies where Pedro Pascal is playing a cowboy and he whips out an electric lasso in slow motion. And one of my friends is like, "Ooh, that does things to me." And I'm like, "That feeling? That's not like that's not like a common kink. I guess there's maybe a Pedro Pascal kink, but like, oh yeah, there is." I want to film it like that where even if you don't have the kink for it, we are filming it in a sexy way. And so I'm just like, okay, how can we make this movie sexier? Yeah. Let's throw in some watch.
0: Oh, that's great. I love it. Okay. So you described, you've got wax play in there. You've got, um, I saw in, I think when you wrote to me about this, you said you've got some shibari in there too. Can you talk a little bit about the rope scenes?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm, I know that bondage is the B in BDSM. <laughs> it's yep. just also not really one of my kinks. Gotcha. And so this is one of those things where I've gone to other people who are really into it and said, how, what moments do you want to see? But in particular, so we have the scene where we need to copy the idea of a guard. And we need to make that ID match each member of the crew so that everybody has fake IDs and can get into the casino. Fortunately, the guard is kinky. Okay. And so the scene starts out with just this bondage scene with very, very light impact, just for the sake of, okay, we have 30 minutes, that's enough, to get, that's enough to get his ID out of his wallet, get it to the fixer, get the fixer time to copy the ID and put the ID back before he notices it's gone. Right. The fixer says... We have a problem. Um, and the, the femme fatale asks, check in with me as she's doing the scene, which to the guard looks like she's checking in of, give me a color. How are you feeling? But the fixer is hearing what's going on, what's wrong. And the fixer explains, these have RFID chips. If it were a, if it we're just a simple plug and print, we'd be done by now. But these have RFID chips that are matched in the system. Yeah if we use this the system is going to think that we're him we need to create a unique rfid chip and put it into the server room physically into the server room rouge buy us some time (laughs) hence the shibari coming out gotcha gotcha and this beautiful tapestry of rope and showing the artistic side of shibari because again the purpose here is for her to buy them time. It's okay for her to take a while on this. Right. And so she really gets to do the visual art of Shibari rather than just the uh, inability to move. Yeah. But while she's doing that, the sneak, the girl who crawls through vents and climbs on the outside of buildings and stuff like that, is breaking into the server room. And we get to see how her Shibari matches her her cables and ropes and how her mission impossible cable drop is as much an act of beauty and art as rouge's cable art work with the with the shibari i'm running out of words here
0: now you're good <laughs> now that's
1: fun reflect each other in beautiful ways
0: that's really fun i like that because n- More often than not, when you see rope in film or in any type of action movie, it's simply to, yeah, it's simply predicament or to just confine. And there isn't really beauty to it. It's just, oh, tie him up in rope. I mean, we've all watched like Rocky and Bullwinkle, right? Snidely Whiplash just wraps the girl up in rope and that's it. And then there's nothing really more to it. (laughs) There's no pretty knots. There's no beauty to it. So. I like that that there's actually gonna be some some cool ties and stuff.
1: Yeah. And so we have to figure out how to do the cool ties.
0: <laughs> I'm at sure at least somebody
1: on set has to figure out how to do the cool ties. Yeah. Doesn't have to be me, but somebody does.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you will get plenty of volunteers. I, I there's the rope community is large, if nothing else. <laughs>
1: that that is definitely true. Yeah. And they're uh tight knit.
0: Yes. No pun intended. No.
1: That <laughs> That probably wasn't a very
0: good joke. (laughs) Love it. Okay, cool. So, all right. Now the biggest question of all. How does this movie differ from Fifty Shades of Grey? Because you know that as soon as someone hears, oh, there's a BDSM movie coming out or something with BDSM in it. Pretty much, uh, I would say the majority of people are going to compare it to Fifty Shades of Grey. Tell me the difference.
1: I mean, we have experienced kingsters on both sides of the camera. We have an intimacy coordinator. The position of intimacy coordinator did not exist when the Fifty Shades movies were coming out. Oh, okay. Just it is such a new position. It started in 2018, which makes it so new that Game of Thrones didn't have an intimacy coordinator.
0: Really? Because the
1: position did not exist. Hmm it's that new but most importantly it's that we fully acknowledge that this movie is probably a lot of vanilla people's first introduction to a lot of different kinks Mm. and so and so we're learning from the mistakes of 50 shades
0: yes okay that's good
1: we're seeing okay (laughs) 50 shades showed some more than dubious consent work Mm. and so okay we are going to at least acknowledge that negotiations happened and we are going to show consent happening on screen with conversations like roosh how much time do we have before he before he notices now you said 30 to 90 minutes and you said that you wanted to feel restricted helpless bound but taken care of and just refreshing themselves on what the negotiations are but in really sexy ways because we keep forgetting when we talk about negotiations and consent that negotiations can be hot. Yeah. And I want to show vanilla people that the negotiations are not a formalistic paperwork trail that you go through before you do fun things. That negotiations aren't the boring part. Negotiations are hot. Yes. And we are having at least a passing. We are showing aftercare happening on screen because the, okay, the goal of the kink here, the reason why it's kink and not vanilla sex is because I want to focus on the intimacy and the beauty and the sensuality and the emotional experience. And so, yeah, we're going to end with, we're going to end most of these scenes with beautiful moments of aftercare. Mostly, because aftercare is beautiful and sensual and intimate and i want to show it like that and so we yeah. have like a dominatrix lying on a chase lounge with her with her man lying on her chest and running her fingers through his hair and saying you were so good for me pets uh. and there's your entire aftercare scene yeah yeah like yes it's two seconds of aftercare but it's very, very clear aftercare and right. kind of setting a standard of we don't finish the scene unless we show aftercare. The only time that we don't show aftercare is when we don't finish the scene. We just, like, cut mid-scene and we're like, okay, moving on now. We, gotcha. we got the point across the scene. Time to go gotcha. to a different heisty thing. Gotcha, gotcha. But, yeah, we can talk about the differences with Fifty Shades of Grey, but this might be a little controversial. There's also a very important similarity with Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey took off, not because it was realistic or accurate or an instruction manual. For Crying Out Loud, Fifty Shades of Grey started out as a smut fic on fanfiction.net. <laughs> yeah, I know. Expecting <laughs> it to be accurate or instructional or educational or even just, like, safe for consumption for first time. Not, not for consumption, for emulation. Hmm. Can you imagine pulling up a smut fic on AO3 and being like, yes, this is absolutely how I should actually do my real king? That is a ridiculous expectation of it.
0: You heard it here first, folks. Please don't do that.
1: (laughs) I recognize that it's an important expectation because, like, a lot of vanilla people didn't know that this is just fantasy. Yeah. and thought they could just do it the way that it did it. But like it was it was completely misconstrued in that way. I'm not trying to defend 50 shades. My point is that its accuracy or realism is not why it succeeded. I hope that's obvious. Yeah. Why it succeeded was because it was hot. And a lot of people saw it and thought that's sexy. I want to do that. Yeah. And so with this movie, we're kind of taking the same approach. Okay. Not in the you're inspired by Fifty Shades. No. Um the accuracy and the realism is there. But what is way more important to me is that it's hot. Nice. Like, if it's just accurate, but it's not sexy, why are we doing this? I mean that's also fair. another thing. If it's not sexy, then that is inaccurate because like kink is hot that's why we do the kinks right right really the biggest inspiration here isn't 50 shades it's love and leashes sorry you were about to say
0: no love and leashes so i was actually going to ask you about that i myself have not seen that so when did that come out
1: uh that would have been 2019
0: okay i'm gonna have to go back and watch that
1: so it's on netflix okay it is a netflix exclusive as far as i understand okay um you said you were going to ask about it what did you want to ask about it because like i can ramble about love and legions but
0: yeah uh, well i have no idea what it's even about tell me something so
1: it. it's a feature film okay and it is it's a rom-com okay. i'm just gonna be straight up honest with you think about like those amanda seyfried Catherine Heigel jennifer yeah aniston drew barrymore those styles of rom-coms okay it is straight up that It's just instead of the premise being we're following the letters to Juliet or we are tracing this couple's lives throughout their notebook or we are on the Titanic. Instead of that being the premise, the premise is that it's a DS relationship and it is specifically a domcom because of that. It is a femdom com where the guy, where it's a male submissive who's spent like five years as a submissive, uh, meets this woman who has never heard of kink. And this woman realizes that femdom fits her really well. Like this is what she was looking for. Okay. She doesn't want the traditional styles of relationships that people keep expecting for her. She wants to. She didn't know that this existed, but this is exactly what she was looking for. Nice. And so the the male sub is kind of guiding the femdom into learning how to do any of this, and she's doing her own research. And they keep doing really hot scenes where they'll do a shoe worship scene, and they'll film it almost entirely looking at the shoe. Ooh, okay. Or when they're not actually looking at the shoe, it'll be the camera on the ceiling looking down at both of them so you can see that he's on his knees and all you can see is his back and the top of her head. Or gosh, we have this bondage scene where you where you zoom in so hard on his chest as he breathes that you can see the individual fibers on his shirt wow that's how close up we're getting to see the spasm of breath as he gets tied up nice and they just understand how to make everything look so freaking sexy to the point that there's a scene where we don't even know what we're looking at we're not even looking at people and it's already (laughs) hot and then about five seconds in, you realize that what you're looking at is the jail bars on a on a prison themed dungeon, okay. like a professional dungeon that you could just rent out. But the 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 focus is so narrow and so close up, and everything else is so blurry that you're just like, oh that's hot. That's cool. hot. <laughs> what is this? I don't know, but it's hot.
0: Yeah, I mean, cinematography is important with stuff like that because capturing that without being either in that situation yourself or in the room around that energy, trying to capture that on film for somebody who might not be connected to those individuals is very difficult to do. So, yeah, you have to have really good cinematography, I'm sure, in order to capture those moments. Oh, yeah.
1: Honestly, it kind of like raised my standards for how porn should look.
0: Oh, yeah. They could do so much better.
1: Oh, Yeah. And it made me realize that like Michael Bay is the best porn director out there right now. <laughs> like that's not just a joke. That's not just a hot take. He has described himself as a fetish filmmaker.
0: Oh I mean that's it's fair. I mean you you can capture way more than your run of the mill porn scenes capture. I've watched a lot yeah. of porn and there aren't there are only like a handful of them and probably most of them are michael bay ones <laughs> that i'm like oh yeah okay that's a go to that's going in the that's going in the file folder <laughs> like i'm pulling yeah. that up next time
1: michael bay understands how to film things in a way that looks sexy yeah and this entire movie exists just because there are cool shots that i want to film
0: yeah i'm excited i'm excited okay now now we need to now we need to know the details like when is this getting into production? Have you already started production? Have you already started shots? Like when, when can we look forward to seeing this film?
1: Good question. We already have a proof of concept short out. Okay. A proof of concept short. If you're not familiar with the term is basically, here's what we can do with no equipment and no money. If you like that and you want to see more, there's a very simple way. Please give us money. Yeah. (laughs) In this case, the proof of concept short is the introduction to the Fictor that I mentioned earlier. It looks so freaking cool. And it's just filmed on my phone. Like, we didn't even have somebody on stud doing sound. We just, like, captured sound after that. But, like, everything looks so freaking cool. And I'm so happy with it. Nice. That is currently live on our Indiegogo campaign. Because, again, if you like that and you want to see more, please give us money so we can make the rest that we can... Uh, so we can pay our intimacy coordinator. So we can rent props and rent locations. So we can rent really good-looking locations. I just got off the phone with the owner of an an automotive museum.
0: Ooh, okay. Where
1: like what they do professionally is they host Bugattis and Jaguars and Ferraris and Lamborghinis and cars that are fancier than I've ever heard of. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you can absolutely film here. It's going to be about 150 bucks an hour.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, let's go, let's go raise some money. Oh, that'll be fun. So we have an Indiegogo campaign running through the month of July. Okay. It ends July 31st. Okay. That is part of why I wanted to, uh, why I wanted to make sure that we could film that, that we could record the podcast today, if possible. Thank yeah. you so much for doing this, by the way. Yeah. Um, from there. In August, we're going to start filming the actual principal photography, the the stuff that you actually expect to be in the movie. We're going to have a professional DP with really nice, uh, director of photography, not the other kind of DP, uh, with really nice <laughs> camera like, equipment. <laughs> uh, there are professional DPs of the other kind, but that's not the professional kind that we're
0: talking Yeah, those cost a lot more money, I think. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're bringing on this professional director of photography who is so excited and has this eye for kinetic visuals that fits so well in this sort of movie. And he's got really nice equipment, and so everything is going to look so freaking cool. We start up the actual principal photography in August. We are Mm -hmm. planning to wrap principal photography around December of 2025 Okay, because... I need to give myself time to not have burnout and not have pressure and not have crunch. Yeah, yeah. So we can all actually enjoy this. Yeah. The whole point of the movie is for us to have fun. If if it stops being fun, why are we doing this? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then we are hoping to release in 2026. That is a very vague estimate. I do not pretend that that is an official announcement release date. Please do not plaster a headline about that or anything. (laughs) I'm just like, this is generally what I'm projecting. Yeah. If all goes according to plan. And the reason why I'm giving myself three years is intentionally so that we can take our time and so that I don't have to push things back. Because yeah. we gave ourselves so much time that we could absolutely finish on time. But that said, I am it's been too long since I've been on set. I am itching to go back out there and start filming again.
0: Oh, that's exciting. Well then okay. So now I need to know where do we find your Indiegogo campaign? Where can we where can we point people to so that if they want to donate or help fund this project get off the ground, where do they need
1: to go? The clearest, most convenient link I can give you so that it's not like a bunch of slashes and dashes and <laughs> prancers and vixens yeah. is allmylinks.com/slash red and black movie. Uh, okay. It's the word and, not the little ampersand symbol. Okay, That'll get you straight to the Indiegogo campaign. If, it's af- if you're listening to this after the month of July 2023, there's also the Patreon. There's the Venmo. There's the Cash App. If you just want to, like, help us, f- if you just want to donate financially, just to get your name in the credits.
0: Nice. Oh, there you go. If you want your name in the credits, give some money.
1: <laughs> oh, we have so many perks that are so much better than that we have signed merch we have for the indiegogo campaign we have you get a ticket to the red carpet premiere oh nice and we are doing like a full-on red carpet like the the looks and we and the what's the word the velvet rope and we are renting an actual red carpet nice. because if we don't we kind of miss the point i just wanted to do cool stuff and red carpets are cool yeah, and one of the one of the perks for the Indiegogo campaign is that you get to be in the movie. Like, we will set up a time to film you, probably direct you over like Discord or something, and put you in the film somewhere. We will find a place. We will name a character after you. We will, uh, we will at the very least put your name in the credits, no matter how much or how little you contribute, because we want to thank every single person who helped out
0: That's awesome That is really cool and that should definitely push people to donate money and get this thing off the ground and and see it through that that's really cool So I love it all my links thank you. Um, all my links red and black movie all spelled out and no matter when yep. you go because so in the month of July you can go in July till the 31st donate to the Indiegogo campaign. But if it's after the month of July, then just go donate wherever because they're all, all the links are right there. And I love all my links. Like you can just plaster all the stuff of how to contact you. I love that about that. You can have
1: all of my links there.
0: Yeah. I love it. It's like somebody really thought about the marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Where, where are you primarily shooting this
1: movie at? Uh, I live in Utah. Okay, I don't want to like fly out anywhere right now. We are filming in Utah. It's a little beautiful. inconvenient because, oh, gosh, it really is. But the problem is that there are no casinos in Utah. That's right. Utah banned gambling 100 years ago. Mm.
0: How are you going to work around that?
1: Okay, so there are a couple casinos in Wendover, Nevada, which is on the border of Utah. And what I mean by that is that if you walk out the backyard of one of the casinos and walk 200 feet, you are in Utah. <laughs>
0: How convenient it is
1: <laughs> on the border. The first gas station in Wendover, Nevada, has slot machines in it. They know that they're on the border of Utah and that Utah doesn't have a casino. Nice. They know that is exactly their target audience. I love it. Um, we've contacted the president of Wendover Gaming. We are in talks to film inside one of the casinos there for just like the casino floor scenes. If that's not an option, then we rent out a couple of poker tables and blackjack tables and. Uh, craps tables, roulette tables, etc. We, we rent out one of each of those. We film like two days of casino scenes by setting up a fake casino floor. Yeah. And then everything else is we go find the fanciest hallway we can find. We go find the fanciest restaurant we can find. We go find the fanciest bedroom we can find. There you <laughs> and go. And plaster that all together to make it look like it's all one casino.
0: yes. Yes. Hey, that's you got to use your resources, especially when none of them are provided in the state that you're filming in. I like it.
1: And there are some great resources.
0: Yeah. Oh, I bet. Oh, that's totally fun. I am excited for you. I'm excited for everyone involved. Uh, Hopefully, as things get closer, we can have more people from your crew on the show and we can interview them and see where they are participating in the movie and what things they're going to bring to the table and just kind of get to know the whole cast. I think that'd be fun.
1: That could be fun. Yeah.
0: It'd be a good time. All right.
1: We actually still need to cast some characters.
0: Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, when you're having open auditions, you need to put that on your, all my links too.
1: (laughs) I mean, that is one of the perks in the IngoGo campaign. You get casted in the movie. We will film you. I will direct you. I will send you a script.
0: Yeah. Oh, you that's get awesome.
1: to be a character in it. That's part of why we haven't casted some characters yet.
0: Nice. Nice. How cool. Well, Bueller, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. I'm really excited for you. And I'm really excited to see the movie.
1: Thanks. Seriously. Thank you so much for doing this.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. The more we can promote each other and get good words out about kink and BDSM and solid, just, I don't, I just want people to have solid visuals. If they've never seen anything done like this before, to have something good that they can watch that is very, it's it's almost true that it's happening. I just think that we'd all be better off instead of watching Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs>
1: I mean kink is a beautiful thing it brings people closer together it emphasizes consent and mental health and honestly I think that every couple would be better off if they at least understood the basics of kink Mm, yes and I just want people to see this thing that I love the way that I see it that's
0: awesome oh I can't wait I can't wait. I'm so happy for you, and I'm excited for you, and I can't wait to see what becomes of all of this. And I will definitely link your all my links below so that everybody can just have a one-click, one-stop shop to know where to find you guys, where to donate, where to support this film. I'm really excited.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. All right. Well, until next week, guys, uh, we will talk at you later. Thanks for being on, Bueller, and I'm sure we will connect again. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All interviews on Submerge are from consenting adults sharing consensual experiences from their life. All opinions expressed in today's episode are those of the individual giving them and should be taken as such. Always do your research before entering into anything potentially dangerous. Vet your partners and always negotiate thoroughly. We record all episodes unscripted. Please reach out if any potential corrections to information you heard today would help our community be safer and more educated. Contact us at media at gmail.com.